Welcome to Escape This Podcast, a show that's a mix between tabletop role-playing and escape room puzzles. <laughs> yeah, in person, you get to see me do it. It's so cool. It's so funny. Uh, this is episode nine of season five, which means it's back to one of Danny's rooms. And we're using new technology for this episode, so fingers crossed that works. I hope this sounds like a normal episode. Yeah, if this sounds any different, it's because every aspect of the technology for this episode is different. Different technology, different country. Yeah, we're in LA. LA. Hi, welcome. We're in LA. Oh yeah, it's hot right. This is one of our special celebrity episodes. That's <laughs> LA, right? That's what LA is. Uh, so every episode we have guests come on and play through a room that Danny has created, although for this season, sometimes that hasn't been true. We've played rooms that guests have created. But we're back to normal today. Uh, and so this episode, uh, we have some returning guests. Uh, last time, I think there were a two-headed nurse uh, in a creepy school uh, during... And we stabbed you. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. You were part of my demise during <laughs> Children of Mysaris. Um, spoilers. Uh, but... <laughs> But welcome back to the show, um, Ariel and Juliana from The Wild Optimists. Hi. Hi. <laughs> welcome to the States. Yeah. It's yeah, so it's fun, fun to do this in person. You, you've made this an incredible trip so far. So oh, let's keep you. it going with an incredible room. Uh, for people who are listening now and they hate Children of Cyrus and they're scared of, of small towns. Two-headed um, nurses. Exactly. They hate them all. Uh, do you want to give like a rundown of what you are as The Wild Optimists? <laughs> So we create puzzles and games basically anywhere we can create puzzles and games. So we have tabletop games out from Mattel, the Escape Room in a Box series. There's Werewolf and Flashback. And you can link to, to yeah, purchase all these things after. Click Flashback to exactly. buy Flashback. Uh, but yeah, we basically create all over the place. We do theme parks and festivals and historical sites and just anywhere that we think needs more fun, which is pretty much everywhere. That's so cool. <laughs> we try what our website says is that we create new ways to play and that's always our goal is to find uh, places that don't have puzzles and games and add them and that's why we love your podcast so much because this is something new and uh, that no one else is doing yeah exactly well you know it's fun puzzles are fun games are fun people mm -hmm. should play more puzzles and games they make everything better <laughs> um all right so obviously because of that you've got a lot of escape room experience you design things and you play escape rooms um and how many rooms do you think you've done I haven't updated the sheet in a while, but la I think it was like around 175. I don't think nice. we've passed 200 yet. It's a good amount of rooms. Do you, are there, are there, is one of you ahead of the other, or do you do all of your rooms together? Oh, Juliana is definitely ahead of me, <laughs> and I can tell you why. Um, when Juliana, she's a terrible person. Yes. <laughs> when she first started playing escape rooms, she didn't invite me to them. Oh. It, it's true. She was the B team to start with. <laughs> There was an A team, uh, but and eventually enough of the B team couldn't make it that she came more and more. And I was like, oh, actually, this chick's really good. I should probably put her on the A team. That's right. I, I'm one other... room ahead of Billy, so <laughs> I understand. And just to be fair, it was also that um, you like doing more puzzles and wanted to do rooms with smaller groups that um, were more puzzle focused. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that is true. We've done some, we did some rooms here really early on with the people from Strange Bird Immersive who were also staying here. They were, they were great. If you're in Houston, go to Strange Bird. But uh, we, did, we did rooms with them, with, so there were six of us. And we did one room, which was great because you needed six. And then we did another room where there was sort of two people solving puzzles by four, while four people looked over their shoulder going, oh, that's an interesting puzzle. That looks fun. <laughs> mm, <that> looks <laughs> Let me double check that for you. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, and so from a, from a tabletop perspective, you've got obviously your 
board games and you've all played a lot of board games and designed board games. Do you have much, and I'm sure we mentioned this on the last episode as well, but we'll refresh everybody. Have you had much like tabletop role-playing game experience? Playing? I have some. Uh, I was Wonka Curse Smash. It was very fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Ariel has more. I've been playing D&D for, gosh, I feel like, fifth grade was when I started and then Ooh. probably played the most during high school and then was like LARPing in college but haven't done as much since the kids were born until they get old enough oh but no actually we did just start a game for my five-year-old oh nice yes. playing D&D playing D&D ah cool well, yes. What's his character? He is a fairy. He's a nature. He's the king of the nature fairies in both real life and um and in D and D. So it's not really role playing. Yeah, no. I mean he he doesn't see it as role playing. <laughs> True. Um, and his power is nature, so he tends to have vines grow and like uh, yep. smother monsters. Right. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I was all very very happy. He's king of the king of the fairies. You know, he's got nature power, so he just smothers monsters yeah. to death. That's uh, a happy thing. Yeah. <laughs> no more monsters. <laughs> <laughs> True. Um, all right, so we should probably get right into it. Danny, I think we're ready to go. All right, let's do this. This is a very L.A. room. Oh, Not, no monster <laughs> smothering for this one. <laughs> awesome. We think. So you two are separate people for this one. And I don't, know how, I don't know how that's going to be. <laughs> you've never been to a huge film awards ceremony before because, I mean, look, you're not movie stars and you're not with the press, but you are friends with Eunice, who just so happens to work with the financial firm that oversees the voting process and officially distributes the awards, and she got some extra tickets. You hover around outside by the edge of the red carpet, waiting for her to show up and flash her VIP lanyard and to get you let in by the bouncers. You've been waiting a while. You hope nothing's gone wrong, because you'd be pretty embarrassed standing out here in your fanciest clothes with the doors being shut in your faces. But at what feels like the last minute, Eunice emerges from already inside and ushers you in with extreme urgency. No time for pleasantries, she says under her breath. We need to move. You look at her and kind of surprise. I mean, you know the ceremony's a big deal, but it's still supposed to be fun. So what if you're a little late getting to your seats? It's not about being late, Eunice cries when you tell her this. It's about everything going insanely, disastrously wrong and me losing my job and this year's awards being the laughing stock of the entire world. Okay. You, you follow her down a loopy set of hallways heading not towards the main auditorium but past the green rooms to a special backstage area. She points to the very end of the hallway to a door labelled crew authorised access only and then she explains. Okay, okay. One of the people nominated for one of the big four you, you know what the big four are? Of course. Best yeah. picture, best director, best actor, best actress. That's exactly right. We're in LA, people. Get with it, Ariel. <laughs> <laughs> I was just letting you do it. I thought you were going to do a fun voice. <laughs> of course, the big four. So one of the people nominated tonight has secretly cut a deal with my co-worker, Amanda. They convinced her to swap out the envelopes with the real winner's names with fake ones. They're stealing the awards, basically. I caught Manda in the act. I saw her enter the room with envelopes that looked just like the real ones, but the real ones were already inside, and she came out with no envelopes. She switched them, and she stashed the real ones in there so no one can prove it's her if she gets discovered. But I bet it won't be because she's really cunning, and I'm sure she's doing it to get me fired. I tried to go in there and find the real envelopes, but look, the, there are certain obstacles 
And you two are so much better at problem solving than me, so please, please, can you find the real winner's envelopes and switch them back? Her eyes are, like, teary, her perfect makeup is running. You give her a little hug and let her know that you'll get it done before those boring, untelevised awards at the start of the ceremony are over. She surreptitiously lets you into the authorised access room and closes the door behind you, and you take in your surroundings. Ooh, everything looks expensive. So... With the door in the south wall. Besides that, this wall is adorned with four body-length posters in glass frames. Against the left wall is a huge box full of gift bags for award nominees. Swag bags. Good call. I'll call them that from now on. See, I know something, Juliana. In the top left corner are two change rooms that look full to bursting with suits and dresses. Like doors into the changing rooms? Yeah. Or like little cubicles? Cubicles, basically, yeah. Next to these change rooms on the floor, you see a small metal box. Now, over in the right corner, the upper right corner, is a workstation, which is just a fancy way of saying a desk with a very high-tech computer on it. And against the right wall is a tall shelf with trophies on it. Now, I'm glad you've left so much space in the middle of your room because also uh, there's a human-sized statue of a man in the center of the room with a briefcase handcuffed to his wrist and he's in a barred metal cage. So presumably that suitcase contains the envelopes with the names of the quote-unquote winners. And you knew that the security around these awards was a bit over the top, but it's apparently handcuffing a statue over the top. So no wonder Eunice couldn't fix this on her own. So you need to find these envelopes with the real winners' names in them. And an envelope could be anywhere in here, so I guess you'd better get cracking. Well, we are at the door and I have listened to this podcast, <laughs> so I would like to look at the door, please. Yay. The door is unlocked, so you could get out at any time, but that also means that anyone could get in, so maybe it's a good idea if you do lock it. There is actually something attached to the inside of this door. At first, you mistake it for like a little peephole, but that can't be it. It's a tiny box, all black but there's a laser-like red spot emanating from the middle. Not like a laser beam, just like the red dot. Sort of like the ones that you might see on a thing that needs a security card to press up against. Not saying that's what it is, just saying that's what kind of the laser dot reminds you of. Does it feel like it could open in any way? Doesn't seem to. If we put our thumb on it, what happens? You cover up the little red light, but you don't notice any change. Okay. Should we look at the posters next? I mean, I thought we would just go straight to the costumes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sure. Yes, um, Juliana is right. We would like to go to the costumes, and we would, while we are also looking for things that involve envelopes and such, mm -hmm. um, find the things that also look the best on us and put them on. Yeah. Well, you'll have sort of, a, sort of yes, sort of no, because in these change rooms, uh, so neither of them are specifically gendered, but from the clothes inside, it looks like they've roughly gone men and women. There aren't so much costumes as just outfits, so mostly suits, dresses. Maybe when presenters and things have to go in and out from the stage, they change outfits every time. You know, you can't just wear one suit to the awards. 
Totally agree. I would like to put on 10 suits, please. <laughs> All at once? Understood. Yes. And I will put on 10 gowns. Cool. You do so. So, yeah, there are mostly plain suits and pretty dresses. There are a few more out there pieces, like weird costumes that might be for the song and dance numbers in there, but nothing too standouty from the rest. Like, there's not one single outfit that your eyes are immediately drawn to. Uh, you do take a look, and as you try on 10 of these suits... You see that each one is labelled with the name of the person who's supposed to be wearing it, along with the clothing brand in big, bold letters, because everyone has to know who wore whom. And is that true for the uh, suits and the dresses? Yes. I thoroughly check all pockets and inner seams. You don't find anything of use. All right. No search fail. <laughs> Try. Uh, and this uh, metal box that's mm. just in front of the, them, can I pick it up? Yeah. Tell me more about the box. <laughs> Absolutely. It's locked with, well, you want to say a four-digit combination lock, but that's not quite right. It's actually four individual one-digit locks spread all around the sides of the box. So one on the front, one on the back, one on the left, one on the right. You give it a shake, it rattles quite a lot, like it's full of small objects. You turn it over and there's a sticker on the bottom and it says medicine as strong as the old stuff in bars okay first aid kit strong as, as, strong the, as the old, old stuff, stuff in bars i would like to study the bars of the cage we can do that <laughs> i mean i feel like together. we should look at everything but we can we can start oh, yeah. but we can go we can go to the bars next <laughs> we can we can do some sort of weird loopy thing <laughs> we can try to solve puzzles you mean i mean i was gonna start by the door and go around in a circle That's in a nice so orderly manner but you so really boring. wanted the costume so i like but you know fine that's okay. you, you you be the, you lead us that that's what billy did in the play test i'm pretty sure so let's make it as different as possible <laughs> exactly all right so this cage in the middle basically sort of a cube except these vertical metal bars stretch all the way up to the ceiling you can see through them but you can't reach through they're too narrow the cage isn't something that could be like picked up or dismantled because the bars are actually coming up through the floor, like through some mechanism they can be raised and lowered. So someone went to a lot of effort to keep those winners envelopes protected. But there must be some way around it because Manda apparently got in there, so you just have to find out what she did. I really want to make a joke right now about Manda on Room Escape Divas and how obviously she was able to get in, but... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's who you named it after. It is. Okay. All good. Okay. Um, all right. And examining the bars, there's no like markings or interesting. Define examining. Um, Juliana is going to look closely and I am going to run my hands on all, uh, on all of the bars. Cool. Um, a couple of them seem a little looser when you do that. Just a little bit cheaper almost or no, not cheaper. Like, they've just deteriorated a bit more than the others, so they're not quite still, you know, as sturdy as the rest of the bars. Can we, like, jiggle them out? They don't seem to come, like, all the way back. They're not loose enough to actually snap or bend or come out, just rattle a little bit. Rattly bars. Yeah. Are they in any particular locations? Um, you can go all around and there are some, it seems, on all sides. Not too many, definitely not the majority of bars, but there are a couple on the front of the cage, the back of the cage. And, it, and as I'm sort of 
finding these deteriorated ones am I thinking oh gosh if I could get these two out then I could probably like get in myself you definitely could if they were removed but you don't believe that's going to happen is there one on each side of the cage that's rattly uh there is at least one on each side but some have yeah like on the front wall when you rattle them there are actually four that are loose okay and the others uh you move around you go to the left you find two loose Okay. On the back, also two loose. Uh-huh. And on the right, there's one loose. I would like to try those numbers on the individual one-digit locks on the metal box. Nice. The box's lid swings open. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just go around and solve puzzles, shall we, Ariel? <laughs> no, I'm with I'm you. Sorry. I'm with you, Ariel. Like, that's how I do it. You go get all the information and then you solve the puzzles. Right, because sometimes you're sitting there with information because, I don't know, I listen to the podcast, (laughs) and you can't solve puzzles yet because you haven't gathered all of the information. What's in the box? Oh, sorry, I thought we were going to leave that as the cliffhanger, and you were going to go exploring a bit more first. (laughs) Don't open it, just keep walking. You look inside the box, you expect to see bandages, antiseptic and all that, but apparently the awards people had a different kind of emergency in mind. Because there are things like double-sided tape, spare false eyelashes, stud earrings, concealer. Looks more like the contents of someone's bathroom drawer than a first aid kit. It's full of anything you'd need for a wardrobe or otherwise malfunction. And as we were going through the clothes, did we notice any clothing that seemed... Oh, certainly not. It's all perfect in there. Ariel, where would you like to go now? (laughs) You know, we um, when we were in the changing rooms, I don't know if we looked at the walls. and The walls of the changing rooms, you can barely see them. Too many clothes, but they seem uninteresting. I think because I do like going in a nice orderly fashion, <laughs> can we go look at this desk and computer? And when I, I say look at, I would like to also look under the desk. Of course. So the workstation area, pretty clean, pretty clear. The only things of interest besides you've got the computer. When you look underneath it, you find a single post-it stuck to, you know, the underside of the table. It reads, last year's costumers make the best in nice flowy handwriting. Hmm. The computer itself is on, but it's sitting on a lock screen. So it needs a password. Does it seem like I could just type endlessly... The, you know, how, how do computers normally okay. work with that? Yeah, yeah there's some sort of limit. Maximum 28 characters, something like that. And are there any drawers or anything like that? Nah. Last nah. year's costumers make the best. I think we should keep exploring because I feel happy like to <laughs> at some point, I think, you know, because we have names and brands up here. Right. Sure. So we're going to try to figure out who last year was all right well let's continue in a nice clockwise fashion and examine the trophy shelf right (laughs) because maybe we can see last year's trophies i don't know Mm. well despite the size of this shelf it's pretty tall there are only actually eight trophies sitting here in nice neat lines they look the same size as those given out during the award ceremony except they don't have little award ceremonies inscribed on a plaque on the base they must be spares in case a real one gets lost or broken I pick them up and look under them. Mm-hmm. Why is trophy so late in the alphabet? Okay, you grab the one, like, say, top left, and you take a look at the bottom and the underneath. It is a little bit odd. You expected that the underside of a trophy base would be made of, you know, 
granite, marble, polished wood, something hard at least. But the bottom of this one has some kind of fabric sewn onto it. It's smooth and stretchy. It, kind of like spandex or something. You pick up the trophy beside it and it also has something weird on the bottom. It's kind of velvety. You go along each trophy in turn, each one has a different material sewn onto the base and they're all weird and quite recognizable. So you got leather, you got lycra, woolen fleece, denim, corduroy, and one of them actually just seems to be a feather. <laughs> and on this large shelf, there were only eight trophies. Were yeah. they in any specific places? No, they just seem to be quite neatly lined up. So just to make sure, we have leather, lycra, fleece, denim, corduroy, feather, velvet, and spandex? That's right. Now, we have a kit with double-sided tape. So if we did cut the fabric and just examine to see if there's anything under it, we could tape it back up. <laughs> oh, I'm fine with destroying things. <laughs> Interesting escape room method. Um, they're actually sewn on quite tightly and intentionally. They don't look like they're just sort of haphazardly glued there. All right, fine. There'd be a seam ripper in this box, no? <laughs> <laughs> no, like, Ariel. A little stitch picker? I wouldn't be surprised, actually. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> you take them off and there is nothing else suspicious about them. We double-sided taped them so no one knows. Okay. <laughs> Uh, keep exploring. Yeah, so we would like to go look at these uh, four frames, please. All right. All four of these huge framed posters are from the same movie, Don't Cross Lines, which swept the awards last year. So these posters seem to be commemorating that achievement. The poster on the left is of the lead actor, and then next to that's the main actress. You're welcome to recognize who these people are at your own. Yes, who's the lead actor? Mm. Ariel. Yes, Ariel, who's the lead actor in this movie? Oh, wait, are you at, like, were you, I thought you were saying I was the lead actor. Oh, no, no, no. I'm saying you, you recognize the like lead actor. Oh, are we going to, are we going to name real actors here? Or are we going Whatever to name you whoever you would like it to be? Who is the lead actor? In the playtest, it was Sam Rockwell. Oh, was it? <laughs> yeah. He's quite good. <laughs> <laughs> There's some, you know what? I'm just going to do this for your listeners. Jason Ritter. Oh, it's Jason Ritter. And so on the next poster, you've got the lead actress. Obviously. Obviously, it is... Um... <laughs> yes, Juliana, who's the lead actress? It's Danny Siller. What? That's oh, who it is. It's oh, Danny no, Siller. In this universe, she's lead actress. <laughs> In the playtest, it was Oprah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, the third poster is another person. You don't recognize them. You think it's the director, but obviously they don't get as much... On camera time, is it a famous director? What do you think, Ariel? Who's the director of this movie? <laughs> it's my cat. Oh, man. It's, no, it's my, my cat. My cat, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and the final poster seems to be just a general one of the film's setting as a whole. And you realise these, post these posters are commemorating the big four that Eunice was talking about. And just, uh, just very quickly, what's the setting, Juliana? Where's this movie <laughs> set? Uh, this movie is set in Australia. Ooh. <laughs> Not on Mars, like your Oprah movie. <laughs> How good is a movie? With Sam Rockwell and Oprah Winfrey, directed by Steve McQueen, like the, the current director, Steve McQueen, yep. set on Mars. That's a good movie. I would I'd watch, watch that. that. 
everyone would watch that. <laughs> You're in LA. You should go pitch it. I should. <laughs> uh, because, yeah, this movie, Don't Cross Lines, last year it won all of those big awards. And does the um, movie poster that's like for the movie, mm-hmm. does it have the costumer on it? or It does general? not. Um... And you said that it, these posters were in a type of frame that I've mm. now yeah, just forgotten. Oh, I don't know. Big <laughs> human-sized frame. frames? I don't know. Just big frames. Is there anything noticeable about the costumes that the actor and actress are wearing? Are they in costume? Like from Presumably. The- I can't remember. Maybe they're not. Is it just the pictures from important. the award ceremony? It might just be it might just be pictures from the award ceremony. Okay, clearly this is the right path to go down. <laughs> <laughs> and it um if we try to take the posters off the wall or generally futz with them, what happens? <laughs> or generally what? Futz? Futz? Oh, futz. futz with them. You know, just futz with them. Gotcha. Um they do lift off the wall. It's not an easy job because they're pretty big, so you don't think you could like carry them out of here does make sense that they'd be removable because maybe next year they'll have replaced these posters with this year's big winners. But there is nothing on the wall behind them. Or on the back of the frame. No, like the back of the frame is just those standard kind of... What are they? Are they wooden? Wooden. Okay. What if we wanted to take off the back of the frame? <laughs> you, The frames definitely look like they should open up, but you can't get your fingers into the gaps. They're very tight. I would like to examine our metal box of trinkets and see if there's anything that looks like it might fit in there. Hmm, what do you have in mind? Uh, I'm looking nail for like file. a nail file. Yeah. There is indeed a nail file. Good fit. <laughs> <laughs> I would have accepted a few things, but nail file is what I've got. You take the nail file over... Listen, listeners at home don't get to see the, the smug, satisfied <laughs> looks. <laughs> Endless smug satisfaction. <laughs> <laughs> You take the nail file back over to those frames, you pick the best actor poster and you dig its pointy tip into the top of the frame and there's a sound that's a bit like a vacuum being released, but it cracks open. You peek inside and what do you see at the very bottom of the back, hidden behind the poster, a single envelope. Ooh. And are these envelopes sealed? Can we open them to... Look, in theory they are openable. But this looks very much like an official awards ceremony envelope. So they don't want to look like they've been tampered with because otherwise. But what if I want to see if I agree with who actually won? <laughs> and, you know, I might and not maybe agree with keep who out the, well, the I fake don't know ones. if I agree with who Manda put in, but, yeah. well, but we have this opportunity. You try, you try to hold it up to the light, but these envelopes are pretty secure in themselves. They've been made of... Um, Carbon fiber steel. <laughs> yeah, platinum envelope. Platinum. Button That's envelopes. why the poster was so heavy. <laughs> uh, do we find anything when we open the other posters? You indeed do. Uh, inside each one is an identical fancy envelope. So oh. hey, you found the real ones. All right. But of course, you can't just run out of the room brandishing them. That's what I was going to say next. <laughs> <laughs> I want to run on stage. <laughs> No? Uh, go for it. Put on t- all ten suits and go. <laughs> well, if I'm going on stage, I'm going to need to put on all the dresses on top. Also. I mean, fair. Solid plan. This You're going to have to roll me on stage. <laughs> oh. um, all right. Well, let's see. Let's see what's in these gift bags. Yeah. So 
Overall, you're trying to make this very covert. Very all right. So into the swag bags. Yeah, we're totally <laughs> making bag. covert. We're taking stuff off the walls, <laughs> breaking Cracking whatever it we open. can. <laughs> now you've heard that celebrities get amazing gifts at these ceremonies worth tens of thousands of dollars, and whew, those rumors were not kidding. There are top-of-the-line beauty products. There are perfumes. There are colognes that aren't even sold in regular shops. Diamond bracelets, vouchers for the most expensive restaurants in the world, and woo, a Rolex. Oh, hold on, that's not an L. It's a, it's an I. That says Roy X. They cheaped out at the last minute there, apparently. Um, you pick one up and you accidentally press a little button on the side that pops the glass screen open. It, what, what happened? What do we see when it pops open? Uh, it kind of, it just opens up to the hands of the watch as if. Like, you know, when a watchmaker is delicately making their watch and they have to, like, open it up and change things by hand, it kind of looks like if this watch needs to be set, it needs to be set the old-fashioned way and doesn't have any dials or anything on the sides. Hmm. And are all the gift bags the same? They seem to be. How many gift bags are there? Ooh, how many did I say there were? I came up with this. There were like 35. This also seems like important information. Very important. Mm -hmm. Um, If I'm remembering right, there will be a way to figure it out, but I think it was 35. All right, so we still need a password for the computer. We have... We need to hold something up to that tiny black box. Right. And we have... We haven't really... Fabric. We have clothes, fabric, and we need to find out a costumer name. Yeah. We haven't fully examined the man statue with the briefcase and the handcuffs. We looked at the bars of the cage, but we didn't look at the statue. Oh, we haven't looked. Okay. Because we can't reach him, right? Mm. Yeah. So this guy is pretty life-sized, maybe a bit bigger than you, but you can't get too close because of the cage. He is dressed rather nicely in a tuxedo, and he's got all the accessories, bow tie, watch, belt. Why someone went to so much effort to make him look realistic, you aren't sure. But obviously, the most important thing about him is that briefcase. If we throw something at him, does he move? Hey! (laughs) Thank God, no! Uh, What time is it on his watch? You can't see his watch from quite this far away. Oh, man. And, like, his hands are sort of blocking things. Anything interesting that we can observe about the briefcase? Not a great deal of detail from the outside. It looks like your initial impression about it being handcuffed to the statue was wrong. It's actually more like it's attached to the statue's watch. Uh, One of his hands is covering up the handle area, but it looks like it needs a combination of some sort to open, much like a typical briefcase. A combination of, like, three numbers and three numbers? Possibly. A bit hard to see from here. Okay. Again, just the way the statue's arms are, it's covering things. It's awkward. So I feel like, what, you know, obviously what we're going for is this mechanism that's going to make the bars go away. Yes, which might be on the computer. Or the little red laser dot. Yep. So, hmm. so we have, okay, we have our eight different kinds of fabric. We have the labels with the names. Oh, what's just the, I would like to find uh, Jason Ritter's, does Jason Ritter have an outfit in the wardrobe? You scrounge around the change rooms for a while, checking tags, and you do find Jason Ritter's name on one of the suits. All right. It's a pretty standard black coat, white shirt, black tie, and the brand says O-M-E-R-S, which you know is short for the brand Omerson and Peabody. 
And what about Danny's uh, dress? Well, you know, you know Danny's style. You know what to look out for. <laughs> and sure enough, the dress with her name on it is a standout. You have a sneaking suspicion you know who the designer is. You look at the label and, yep, it says C-U-S-T, short for Custa, a fabulous brand. We got customers. Uh, and her Ariel's cat's outfit. No. <laughs> cats don't wear outfits. Of course they have outfits for cats. Only accessories. Any accessories for the cat? No. <laughs> this right. director cat wears armor, and if you haven't looked at cat armor, I highly recommend you do so. So it can be customers or it can be costumers, right? Well, let's, can we type customers into the computer? Yeah, costumers make the best customers. Oh. Uh. So you input the password customers and the computer unlocks. On the screen pops up whatever the last user was working on. It's a bit funky. It looks like a seating chart and I'm going to hand you this. When I say it looks like a seating chart, it super doesn't, but let's say it does. <laughs> this is the most seating chart looking thing I've ever seen. Um, so I mean, we, this looks just like my wedding. We have a 10 by six grid. It has triangles, circles, stars, and... Pentagons. Yeah, pentagons. Um, all in sort of various places. It looks like it's mostly circles. And for people who are listening at home, you can see this seating chart in the links below in the show notes. Underneath the chart, it says premium seating area. Ensure that big four nominees are in seats with best camera views. Each Big Four nominee should have straight access to the other nominees' seats in their category for congratulations slash condolences. As many as possible, always at least one. Mark all other nominees with circles. Ushers will seat them as appropriate. Okay, and we can't cross lines. Don't cross lines. <laughs> um, all right. So if we assume... That each of the big four, so like stars are all in one film, triangles are all in another film, pentagons are in another film. Are they the same number though? Because No, they're not, but you don't, you know, okay, so Don't Cross Lines got a lot of nominations, but uh, maybe, you know, Bill's cat didn't get many nominations, just the (laughs) costume, just the actress got nominated. So the first thing I'm looking at is we have six stars... Three triangles. Oh, we have numbers probably. So like the triangles are the one. This could be an eight. The pentagons. So this is lining That's up. That's hard. I mean, connecting them with, with lines to make them look like numbers on the ceiling. Oh, and chart. we can't cross lines. Okay, so if we go here, here, there. So like we can connect. No, okay, so we can connect these guys this way, which actually would make more of a six. And then we still have an opening here to go there, which just kind of makes a random shape. But you could come back up, no? Yeah, you could come back up and close it. And then the diamonds are kind of here, like they're kind of in the seven. Just don't know what we're doing with these pentagons. So what are the rules for connecting things? Give us a second, Bill. Never. <laughs> I'll give you no seconds. 
They should have straight access to the other nominee seats in their category. So oh, as many as possible, always at least one. So like these guys. We assume straight includes diagonal. Can we think I would about say what straight does want? not include diagonals. Okay. Since, since they are still rows of seats, going diagonal is awkward. Got it. I would like to think about what we're actually trying to get with this. Like, where are we going to input? Like, you know, is, are we looking for a message? I don't think we have another lock to put it in yet. Uh, we're going to need some sort of passcode for a briefcase, but we're not sure what. But we do think it has to do with a watch, probably. So it could be a so time. So it could be a time. Yeah, so like... And do we assume the stage is here? So like this is premium seating or here? No, this is this the whole premium area. seating. This whole area is premium seating. Yeah. So I really feel like we're making a time. Like we have one, six, whatever the pentagons are, and seven. Right. I mean, actually, though... So if they need straight access, like this would need to close off, right? Because we want as many as possible. So you would possibly close the diamond off into a zero, but then you won't be able to get yeah, access that wouldn't here. Be a, they need straight line access. Okay. You can't turn on your straight line. Exactly. Sure. So your instinct about like those last ones forming a seven shape. Yeah, that's cool. Okay. So what we're making is like a this. Oh, so then if we're not turning, these guys can connect and that guy can connect. I mean, it's kind of a wacky five. So no, if we I had 1657, which would be 457. So I take... A very good year for movies. <laughs> <laughs> can um, I please have my notes back then? I Thank take you. the watch that we have access to yep. and I put it at 1657. Mm -hmm. Well, 457. Well, we don't know. It needs to go on the PM if there's something that indicates PM. Well, I'm assuming it's a... It's normal a it's watch. Because she normal said watches sometimes <laughs> indicate if you're an AM or PM. Kind of like a thing. <laughs> Anyways. But we have to move the hands because yes. it's a... You, 457. That's why the thing opened. <laughs> You press, you, you, so you've got this, you press the little button open on the watch that you took. So the glass is open. The teeny tiny watch hands are a bit too frail to be handled by your clunky human fingers. Nail file. Tweezers. <laughs> the nail file is a little bit awkward, but you go back to your magic metal box and you pull out some tweezers. And I would like to try the removable lashes, please. They are sticky. Yeah, you just you could stick, stick some double-sided tape to the end and pull it around. <laughs> All right. So you adjust the time from what it was. Um, it was three fifteen, and you move it from three fifteen. And as soon as it gets away from that, as you start moving it, you see the watch band tightens. As you keep changing it to try to get it to four fifty-seven, nothing else happens. But the instant you moved it away from the time that it was originally. Yeah, the watch band like tightens up. Oh, okay. Well, it was 3.15? Yes. All right, so we need to somehow get to the statue's watch and put 3.15 so it loosens, so it releases the statue. 
the briefcase. Just out of curiosity, mm-hmm. if I went into a different gift bag, mm-hmm. and are they all 315? And does anything happen if I start futzing with those? Um, so, first of all, none of these watches' hands seem to be moving. You're not sure if they're broken. Honestly, you're not even sure if Royex is a real brand. <laughs> but actually, no. The one that you look at next is 815. It's a little closer to the real time, you guess. And if I if I move keep going. Well, if, if I try oh, to if move, you move that those back, ones? you know, back to four fifteen, what happens? You try to adjust that one, and same thing happens. As soon as it leaves eight fifteen, the watch band, the entire wristband of it, tightens up. On that particular watch. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, okay. So yes, I would like um, all of them, please. <laughs> cool. Please list all times. So another one says twelve fifteen. Another says one fifteen. You're sensing a bit of a pattern here. Uh, all of these are set to quarter past something. Maybe that's just the factory settings. You take all the watches out of the gift bags. You'll put them back later. And you lay them out in order of what time they say. That only seems fair. There are three for every single time, except only two are set to 10.15. Okay, so we have like every one of the quarter past hours mm-hmm. at three. And that's why I said I think oh. there were 35 of them. Okay. Three for every time except two for a single time. So then probably the one on the statue is the 1015. So then what are we doing with 1657? Was that entire part? Like, it feels like we could have just futzed with it on our own. I don't know. <laughs> or do we still need 1657 or something? Just saying we shouldn't throw it away. I was, I had already I forgotten saw you it. heading to the trash, <laughs> <though>. And <laughs> my, it was in my mental memory trash. It may have been an unfortunate coincidence that 1657 can be read as a time. Got it. Okay. But where would we put it in? Possibly the briefcase when we get there. We still need to, this whole trophy shelf with mm. cloth on the bottom. Yeah. Feels like something we ought to be doing something with. I've done that puzzle. I still can't remember what to do with it. (laughs) All right. So if we are looking through the clothes, are there any, are there any suits or dresses that seem to match to the bottom of the statues? Yes, there absolutely are. We would like those, please. They're they're not hard to locate when they're this specific and this strange. Like there's only one velvet outfit. Uh, It's being worn by Candy Andy, a singer. Do we care who designed it? No. No. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Do tell us more. There's only one leather outfit too, and it's being worn by Nellie Turner Price. The lycra is being worn by Robbie Old. The fleece is being worn by Chris Elderman. Denim uh, for Sarah Schofield. Corduroy for Greg Roy. That was a coincidence. (laughs) Greg Roy, Corduroy. My father was corduroy. (laughs) And a big feathery thing being worn by Eric Yang. The only one you have trouble with is the spandex. And you do have your doubts that anyone would do that to themselves. But eventually you do find it right at the back being worn by Izzy Thomas. Well, that's a lot of information. (laughs) (laughs) So the first thing I was looking at was... um, first names but we have three that are c's i don't know just you know i was just looking at letters to start with yeah three c's for first names candy chris and craig uh, oh greg, greg. oh greg yes that's why that's why we pronounce it craig 
so that everybody <laughs> knows their different names. But you'd never had s'mores before. <laughs> no, I've never had s'mores made on graham crackers. <laughs> so I'm looking at first and last name letters. Like if you look at Greg Roy and Eric Yang, you have Gray. Oh, I see. So Sarah Schofield will be two S's. What would be um, a color with two S's? Maybe? Uh, maybe. But Nellie Turner Price, like NTP doesn't go together. I'm going to look at yours. You did better notes. You could do NT is the end of something. And then like pro, like pros is almost something, but it's not. Um, what do, again, so what do we think we're going to do with this information? We need something to hold up to that little box to make these bars go down so we can get to that. I just hold all of the trophies <laughs> up to the box. <laughs> cool. Um, you grab the one at the top left, which was Izzy Thomas's one, as you now know, and you hold it up to the box and nothing happens. No, I, I think the bars go down. <laughs> Pretty sure oh, that's what happens. That's right. My mistake. That's how you solve these notes. Boring podcast thinking time. We apologize. <laughs> you could sing for us, Juliana. But I'm thinking. Bill can sing for us. But I'm monitoring. Danny can <laughs> sing for us. But I'm judging. <laughs> Cats, sing for us. <laughs> now I can't think anymore. <laughs> It's interesting that these are. Th this is a three. three yeah, that's name. the only three. Like this is probably going to get us to a word that tells us something very specific to look at to maybe get a thing to put up to the thing, right? Mm -hmm. So how do we turn these names into a word? I would like to know more about Candy Andy's velvet suit. Or dress. There's not much more to be said about it. Obviously, there is. The name is Candy Andy. And it's <laughs> velvet. I, say, I think that's my favorite sentence on this podcast so far. I'd like to know more about Candy Andy's velvet suit. <laughs> we have IT. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I'm not, I don't think it's just going to be anagramming. It doesn't seem to be any sort of acrostic. I just, it's also interesting, like, we have the words old and price and, like, a lot of yeah, these old names. old man, uh, field, candy. <laughs> and? Although, what would Izzy Thomas be or Eric Yang? Rob. So, Rob the old man. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's where we, we go and we rob the old man. <laughs> it's an awards ceremony. There are lots of old men. <laughs> the nearest one. I create the distraction <laughs> by running the four envelopes to the stage and you can rob <laughs> all the old men. Perfect. Perfect plan. We've solved it. Do the trophies say anything on them or no. are they distinctive in any mm. way, shape or form? No. Looking at this information there, as long as you look at it holistically, you're all good. Holistically. So that maybe we need to. I, I don't know if that, that was fine. in any way a helpful thing to fine. say. Like, maybe we, it does matter. Oh, sit. Spandex Izzy Thomas gets a sit. Okay. But this has no vowels. So I think we're still barking up the wrong tree. You're not terribly far from things. If you keep doing this, you will get there eventually and possibly kick yourselves. <laughs> Are we overthinking this? 
Maybe you're underthinking this. Mm. I don't know that that's ever been our problem. <laughs> I don't know that that's ever been anyone's problem in escape rooms. This is Faye. <laughs> we find the Faye people and run away. <laughs> no, we sit the on game. them. We sit on the Faye. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe we should instead of looking at this, maybe we should like write down all the first letters. Would that sure? So we have L N T P. L R O F C E. Ah, I see why you're finding this difficult. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Have we? Oh, have we done it in no. out of order? No, no, oh, no. Wait, what does she? Does she think she has the? I'm just gonna look at Danny. You say things, okay. and then we'll find out what's right. No, it's no, nothing is wrong in any way. It's just the. A, a way that you have chosen to yeah, I write think it, things down has made it slightly we trickier. Put, we should have put the names first. Okay. All right. So N-T-P-L-R-O-L-C-E-F. This is S-S-D. Was I wrong? You were half right. I think we've written it because I started writing down fabrics, like three fabrics in, and then went back. Oh, wait, I, I think I do know what the right, first the fabric was. All right, the spandex was the first fabric. So sit, S-I-T, I would or like it's. Okay, sit. Maybe put an S on the other side with me. All right, whatever. All right, so first was the spandex. Next was the velvet, V-C-A. Sure. Um, okay, and then I think we went to the leather. Um, wait, I, all of, I had spandex, velvet, lycra, but maybe I missed leather. Uh, yes, spandex, velvet, leather, lycra. Fleece, denim, corduroy feather. So, sit, VCA or CAV, L N T P, L R O, F C E, D S S, C G R, F E Y. I'm sticking with the fairy world. <laughs> Just so we have it, I'm going to put the yeah, sure. thing on the other side as well. The but no letter one, for the material. What is that? Are those ones? Is it just like a scratch mark? <sighs> <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. So, so that was this. Oh, can't ro rosa. So maybe we it can process. Wait. Okay. It can't process. Maybe. Mm. Yeah, it can't process. Oh, right. Yeah, it can't process. That's great. Right. So the thing that you were doing that made it difficult was including the fabric letters. Mm, which yeah. Not uh, just the it. name. But if you just, just take the, 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 initial, the, the initials of and the people in, in order, order mm -hmm. it they were out of gray. order when I found gray and then nothing else made sense. I saw you really early on write your fabrics out of order and yeah. I thought this would be a problem. Oh, that's going to be a problem. <laughs> <laughs> so what color are the fabrics? Or... Is there a gray fabric? You can find things of all sorts of colors. Gray isn't a super popular color for an awards ceremony. Uh, what little you do find could probably cover up, like one person could wear it. Perfect. We take the gray and hold it up to that black box with the red light. You hold it up and after a minute, the red light goes out and you hear a rumbling from the center of the room and the bars sink down into the floor. Huzzah! We run up to the statue and we set. Oh no! Give you it a both big run hug. up. You you both run up to the statue. No, we do not. I did not say I, I ran up to the I, statue. I go plunging into the statue. Do you head have your envelopes? The bars come back really quickly as soon as you 
stop moving that gray thing, that, that gray outfit. Oh, okay. So I was holding the gray outfit. Yeah, Ariel yeah. Okay. the gray yeah. outfit. So you're just, gray you're just, outfit, Danny. You're, okay, so Ariel, you're no, just we, standing I mean, out there holding it. We drape it. It's a little box. We could drape. Well, it's on the door. The, this is... Uh, yeah, yeah, it's fine. Wait, you we can use the double-sided tape. Or you can use some <laughs> double-sided tape. You can Great. always use double-sided tape. It's so strong. It's perfect. You can now get in and reach your statue. Perfect. All right. Now so. that you're a bit closer to it, you can get a bit more detail about it. Like, his watch is indeed a Roy X. It's currently set to 12 o'clock, which definitely isn't the right time. We'd like to put it at 10.15. You set it to 10.15 by hand? No, with the tweezers, of course. <laughs> with the tweezers. <laughs> and when they reach it, you hear a click, and the watch's band has loosened. It doesn't open completely, but it's now loose enough that it could like come over the statue's hand. You pull it over, you get the briefcase just about free, and you're almost there when there's a pull of resistance. The watch band is caught on one of the statue's fingernails. Oh, no. We trim its fingernails immediately. <laughs> Are we sure this is a statue? <laughs> you don't know who possibly decided it was a good idea to give it realistic fingernails, but, yeah, it's totally that's a statue. really creepy. But that's okay. You trim its fingernail, and eventually the piece that's caught on the watch comes away. The watch and briefcase come free. We use 1657 to open the briefcase. And you can see it needs a four-digit code. Oh, no, we're moving so fast. I would, like to, I would like to just retroactively make this statue an old man. No. And now they've robbed the old man. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> the briefcase comes open. You've got your envelopes. You've got the briefcase open. You can see the very realistic-looking fakes in there. You hurriedly make the swap. You rearrange everything to make it look like no one was ever here. No matter how much effort that apparently is, <laughs> double-sided tape everything. <laughs> if someone were to see that you'd swap. And then I take the fake envelopes mm -hmm. and I run out on stage with them and say oh. I found the real envelopes. No, no. I take the <laughs> fake envelopes and I put them in Manda's purse, like sticking out super obviously so that uh, Errol, our boss, can really uh, <laughs> get Manda in a lot of trouble. All right, so wait, a minute, you take wait a minute. Hold on a second. Is Errol a donor? <laughs> oh. No. Then his name's not Errol. Errol. <laughs> okay. So you take... Uh, let's he go will you be take, a donor. <laughs> you take the fake envelopes and you make a note to keep track of them. And if you get a chance at some point through the night, you'll stash them in Manda's purse. You peek out the door to make sure that nobody sees you and you creep out, make your way unnoticed into the auditorium. Ceremony's already happening and Eunice is already in her seat. So she waves you over to join her. Thank you, she whispers during the next break. Couldn't have done it alone. My boss, Manda, will pay for this. I guarantee it. Oh, Manda's the boss. Oh, I thought she said that Manda was just a co-worker. Oh, no, Eunice says. I guess I just misspoke. The awards go on smoothly. Lots of champagne, lots We're of applause. We're bad guys. Where are the bad guys again? <laughs> <laughs> and even though you're invited Dang to the after party, it. you're a bit too exhausted after all these hijinks. Now, over the next couple of days, your lives don't change very much, but you do see a few newspaper headlines about a scandal at the offices of Eunice's company. Something about the boss taking shady deals and committing a strange kind of fraud, and apparently she's been sacked, and, well, Eunice has taken her place at the head of the company. <gasps> no. You, you try to get in contact a couple of times, but Eunice seems to have lost your number. Wait, okay, but real question. The um, people that we put in that 
did win, were they better than the? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, look, they were just better. You know, they were the be- they were the they were candidates. richer. I just I you know I think of Bill and Danny as friends, but literally <laughs> we've been on the show twice and we've appeared as Patreon donors once, and every single time we turned out to be evil. <laughs> what are you saying in terms of what you really think of us? Uh, <laughs> everyone's evil. All right, we should probably. Have it.